please make sure that your seatbelt securely fastened. At this time, I ask that all portable electronic devices be turned off. Thank you. Welcome to the Vagabond Exchange podcast for the week of November 29th-ish. Sure. Okay. I'm Emily, here with uh, Master William. Yep. Say hi, William. Hello. <laughs> Does it irritate you when I say that? No. Like you're my child I'm or not, something? Yeah, like I'm a say puppet hi. on a string. Say, say hi, William. Hi. Um, we're podcasting to you from a dining room somewhere in Nashville, Tennessee, and it's the Week. fortnight after Thanksgiving, or two nights after Thanksgiving. <laughs> What's a fortnight, fortnight anyway? Who two says weeks. that? <laughs> it's two weeks. Fortnight's two weeks? Yeah. Oh, that's dumb. Why don't they just say two weeks? Well, Cause fortnight that's old-timey talk. Like four score and seven years ago, which I do enjoy saying that. Do you? Yeah. What's a score? Do you know what that is? It's a it's a hundred years, isn't it? I thought it was twenty years. Well, that would make more sense right. since it's Abraham Lincoln's speech, and he says four score and seven years. We ago. don't want to uh, miseducate. Sixty. It'd be eighty-seven years. Yeah, that's logical. Fortnight. Where's your, what's that fanciness you have there? Two weeks. Okay. Huh? What about um, score? score. Seduction culminating in sexual intercourse. Hmm. A number that expresses the account, oh. amount due, induced to have sex, makes small marks on the surface. Jeez. So it's not a verb, it's got to be a noun. Hmm. Resentment strong enough to justify retaliation. A set of 20 so members. Apparently it means every a set of 20 members, so that yeah. must be what it is. Hmm. Still. The amount due as at a restaurant or bar. What's the score? <laughs> uh, 20 to 7. No, what's the score? I no, still no, like... No. I like that the, the top one is a seduction culminating in sexual intercourse. I scored. Right. It's like slang, and now it's the number one definition mm-hmm. on your fancy English dictionary and thesaurus app. Mm-hmm. Hmm. hmm All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Feel good about it. Sure. So, how was your Thanksgiving, William? It was very good. Was it? I spent it with the people that I love the most. Most of the people that I love the most. I spent it with my dad. Your cat. And I spent it with my cat mm-hmm. and with you. Oh, thanks. And we had a big feast. I spent it with the people I love the most too. <laughs> Whatever. And you were there. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, I did spend it with the people I love the most. You and your dad are a very nice company. Yeah. Yes. And we skyped with my family, which was exciting. We did. I like my whole family. Yeah. They were very excited to see you. I think they just at this point passed me to get to you. Like you are, you're the ultimate prize in this this mm. game. Uh, is William there? It was like you know how like when you call to talk to your mom, but your dad answers. At least this is how it is in my family. You're like, hey, Dad, how are you? Good. What are you up to? Oh, not much. Hey, is Mom around? <laughs> right. <laughs> That's how they are with you. Hey, Emily, how are you? Good. What's William doing? When they when they asked for me, I should have sent my dad up there. <laughs> Sorry, man. William, William's aged a bit. Yeah. Don't say anything. Hey, everybody. That would have freaked them out. <laughs> your, dad, your dad would have been like so like... Uh, because your dad gets excited about stuff like that. He'd be like, hey, what's, you know, he'd be like all interested in the picture. And <laughs> Yeah. Your dad likes commercials on TV, too. Just like your dad. Yeah. It must be a dad thing. Yeah. He laughs at them. Just like my dad does. <laughs> right. But oh, your dad stands up and points and laughs. <laughs> your dad points. <laughs> and he grab, clutches his stomach, which is funny. He too. claps his hands, too. He does. Like, ha ha, applause, applause. <laughs> Dads are funny, no? Mm-hmm. Um, and we made some delectable uh, Thanksgiving dishes. Yep. Macaroni and cheese, collard greens, mm. sweet potato casserole. Yes. Green bean casserole. Cranberries. Uh, cranberries. 
and some pies. Pie stuffing. And stuffing. We we made a lot. We We said we weren't going to make that much this time, but then we did. It seemed easier, too. It did seem easier. I wonder why that is. I don't know. Huh. Those damn pies, though. I got to figure out something else for next year. Well, just. Because they take too long and they never turn out right. I'll have to stick to fruit pies next year because those I don't mess up. Okay. Okay. All right. I enjoyed your pies. Everything you made was delicious. Everything you made was delicious. I could have taken a bath in your cranberries. All right. <laughs> and then I would have uh, eaten uh, my cranberries. Yeah. I sent, and we sent my dad home with plenty <laughs> of food. <laughs> with food for a week. Yeah. yeah. Which hopefully he's enjoying. Yeah. And not just letting sit in the refrigerator. No, it's probably all gone by now. You think so? Yeah, most of it. That's excellent. I like how my dad was here like an hour and he's already falling asleep on the couch. <laughs> I know, because usually he waits like a few hours. It's after he eats or something, usually. Yeah. He's nodding His off. metabolism slows down. I guess, yeah. He gets but, like a... It kind of worries me, though, like, is that normal behavior? Yeah, for my really? dad. Yeah. Like, so any meal he eats, he nods off afterwards? Because your dad is provides transportation for people, so that's a little. Well, I think, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but when I was a kid, he used to. We used to go to the barber shop, mm-hmm. and my barber was actually Vernon Winfrey, Oprah Winfrey's dad. He told me this. Yes, that's and, an interesting uh, tidbit. So you know, they have all these chairs in the barber shop. There'd be like 15 guys in there. Right. My dad would be reading the paper, but he would nod off. And as he's nodding off, the paper would go, and he'd wake, <laughs> wake up. <laughs> like, I do not know this man. Well, one time, I don't think you were, I don't know if you were in the room or not, but he nodded off, and he, like, I don't know, he must have had his, like, arm kind of propped up against his face or something, but when he fell asleep, it, like, knocked his glasses <laughs> off, and that woke him up, which was really funny. That's a common occurrence. And so I had to stop, like, staring at him, because I was afraid he would catch me, like, watching him. Because watching anyone nod off is hilarious. Because right. they like their head kind of bobbles and they catch themselves. Yeah, my dad does the same thing. At least when he wakes up, he just he kind of lifts up. He doesn't. It's not <laughs> right. like oh, you know. Some people would say, oh. <laughs> that would yeah, be so embarrassing. Yeah, I'm glad your dad didn't fart in front of me because right. that would have been awkward. That would have been awkward. <sighs> or maybe it wouldn't have. I guess we'll never know. Well, one day you never know. That's this is true. Yeah. So yeah, we had a very pleasant Thanksgiving. We did. Um, we didn't brave any stores for Black Friday. No. Because we don't do that. Although I did order some items online. Did you? Yes, at low, low prices. I haven't done any shopping yet. What? I know what I'm going to get. I haven't got Um. um have oh, you listened to Kanye West's new CD? I did. I listened CD? to it today. Did you like it? Because you provided me with uh, a copy. What did you think? I really like it. I do too. And I didn't like his last. Well, which one? I wasn't as big of a fan as his last album, 808s and Heartbreaks. Okay. And this one I feel like is a little bit of that, but I like it much better. Yeah, it is a little bit of it, but. Yes. Yeah. It's kind of a mixed bag of. Yes. Which that's, I think, why I didn't like the last one because I was like, okay, we get it. (laughs) Very impressed. But the last one was a concept album. Yeah, and I just don't really have time for all that. Okay. I don't have time for all that. Yes. Like, what am I doing that's so time-consuming? I have no time for concept <laughs> albums. <laughs> I've got to go to the grocery. Yep. Um, yeah, I like it. And I like pretty much all of the songs. But they are sort of that, like, narcissistic Kanye West, like, seven minutes long. Like, really, you're that talented that your songs have to be, like, double the length of a typical song? Yeah. Well... That's the problem with Kanye, because... I typically really like his music. He's just so douchey. Like, he's mean, and then he apologizes. And he's mean, and then he apologizes. He's cocky. He thinks very highly of himself, which I I realize is the same as cocky, but... I think he's just very insecure. I think so, too. And then he covers it all up with being an asshole and a douchebag. And a scumbag. Right. And a jerk-off. Right. That never takes work off. He is very talented, though. He is very talented. So that's where I'm torn, because I'm like, do I really want to support this guy? But, I you mean, know? that's... Well, yeah, that's what it is, right? There are I a mean, lot of people that are in the public eye that are scumbags. They right. may not display it the Plus, way he does, and you're buying no, you're their right. stuff. You're right. Yeah. Plus, I sort of think that you have to... 
Like, I think in order to be really talented in one area like that, like, to be profoundly able to express an art, you almost have to have, like, some fatal flaw opposition. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it's almost like, you know how they say people of great genius are usually crazy? Right. It's kind of the same same thing. Yeah. I just, I kind of wonder, because I remember him saying that he used to be shy or whatever. Yeah. So I almost feel like he's overcompensating. Yeah, I would agree And he doesn't that. know how to control it. Like yeah. Jay-Z, he never strikes me as being a, a bit of a dick. I'm sure, he I mean, he me is in his song. Of a dick. Well, in his music, he can be. And just like his interviews, he's a wee bit Dickish. cocky. Yeah. But I, li- I don't know. I like Jay-Z a little bit better. Whatever. Anyway. I mean, ultimately, all these people are, like, performers, so we don't really know what they're like at exactly. all. Because they're constantly putting on a performance, right. whether it seems to be informal or not, seems right. to be rehearsed or not. Like Mel Gibson. Yeah. I still enjoy his movies, even though I know he's a... Crazy fool. Right. Yeah. Crazy racist, <laughs> misogynist. Uh, masochist? No, what's the word? Psychotic? Psychotic. I don't know. What's the thing when you're uh, schizophrenic? Schizophrenic. That's the word I was looking for. Manic. I don't know if he's any of those things. I mean, that could have been a performance, too. Yeah. Who who really knows? Who really knows him? Only God. Maybe Only he God doesn't knows. even know. I don't he's know. He's so busy doing other things. <laughs> he is. He is busy doing doesn't other things. Doesn't have time things. for Mel Gibson. This is true. But so, yeah, I would recommend Kanye West's album. My beautiful... Dark, Twisted Fantasy. Yes. Yes. Have you seen the Are album cover? Are we talking cover? about his album? Yes. <laughs> That's crazy. I have not seen... Well, I saw a cover there's, on Amazon, but it's, it was like him, right? Well, there's one with just a ballerina on the front. Okay. That's like the clean one. Okay. But then there's one with like him with like a naked phoenix on top of him. They're both nude. Oh. That's the one that they wouldn't put in like Walmart and all that. So. That Walmart... I know. What did you think of that video, that runaway uh, full-length video? Yeah, Actually, and you know, like, I have a soft spot in my heart for dancers anyway, and there's this really great scene with uh, kind of a ballet ensemble, I guess. Right. Um, And that's, it's very emotional, and I liked that part of it especially. I didn't, I don't really get the part with the bird, but whatever. I mean, I understand the point of a phoenix, and it's symbolic of Kanye West and his career, and blah, blah, blah. But I I was like, whatever, dude, get over yourself. Yeah. I mean, but I I thought, like, the the concept was kind of cool. Yes, the concept was... And whole yeah. sl- there's a lot of slow motion, and there's a dinner party where everybody's, you know, he's got, he brought the phoenix to dinner, and everybody's kind of whispering, and mm-hmm. so... And everybody's black except the servants who are white. Who are white, yes. Right. People have commented on that. Yeah. But then all the ballerinas were There's white. a mix of ballerina ethnicities. There were, that when they run into the room, but the ones dancing. The featured ballerinas yes. are, are not, yes. Yes. And when he was on the MTV Music Awards. The, the featured ballerinas by appearance look Caucasian. I don't know their actual ethnicity. All the people at the table look by like, appearance look like African American or they do. Yes. and all of the servers at the party look look Caucasian. Yes. What what point are you trying to? I'm make? just saying I'm making assumptions. I don't really know what their heritage is. I was, mm. I was calling out myself. I see. All right. Okay, glad we talked about that. Yep. So I would recommend checking that out because mm-hmm. it's pretty good it if you're into that. It's pretty good if you're not into that. <laughs> Speaking of things we're into, mm-hmm. I just want to say hello to our friends Tim and Amanda. Yeah. Because they've started listening to our podcast and they are super awesome. They are awesome. And I also, Tim and Amanda's brother Rob have their own podcast called Tim and Rob Won't Shut Up. Which is also very hilarious, very geeky. So if you're into Star Wars and uh, metal, and not metal like the actual element, but metal like music, mm-hmm. and uh, some other geeky stuff, you should check it out because it's pretty funny. They have a group on uh, Facebook too. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like a fan page. But. So just giving podcast love to our fellow friends and saying hi to the awesome Tim and Amanda. 
Yep. Good job. Thanks. I thought I did really well at that. I didn't appreciate it then. I don't, I don't appreciate it now. It's one thing to say, you know, I don't appreciate the way he's handled his business. It's another thing to say this man's a racist. I resent it. It's not true. And it was one of the most disgusting moments of my presidency. Here's a two-term president who ran the country during Katrina, 9-11, wars in Iraq and Afghanistan, and the financial meltdown. And he's pointing the finger at Kanye West and that incident as the worst moment in his presidency. <laughs> so, uh, Emily. Yeah. We've seen a couple of movies. A couple, three or four. In the last uh, month. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to talk about them? Sure. What do you want to say about him? Oh, you know, just don't. Uh, I like this one and I didn't like that one. It's not my thing. I wait for it to come out on Netflix and I'll go see it again. That's the two ratings that we get. That's right. Voice modulators are back. They never get old. No, they sure don't. Unless the, we do a whole show with them. The cat still loves them, just in case you were curious. Yeah. He doesn't... Oh, he just came in the room. That's weird. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we checked out a few movies, um, the first of which was Convicted, which stars our friend, Hilary Swank. Just kidding. She's <laughs> not our friend. Um, Sam Rockwell, Juliet Lewis. Uh, that's all I got. Yeah. Um, and basically, is the story of... Betty, I don't know her last name. You could tell we really researched this before we did it. Plus, we saw it like a month ago. But anyway, it's a story of a brother and sister. Um, the brother who is wrongly convicted of a uh, murder when he is in his early 20s um, gets sent to prison based on some false testimony of a couple of people who said they were witnesses or that he had, had confessed to them, as well as kind of a ambitious... Um, cop that was trying to further her career sort of at the cost of this man's life. And after he's convicted, his sister um, vows to right this wrong. Um, She doesn't even have a high school diploma, so she gets her GED, her bachelor's degree, and then goes to law school, passes the bar, and becomes an attorney um, solely so she can kind of... And the story, I mean, I'm not giving anything away. All of this is, is, it's based on a true story, so... You can kind of look it up. But mini Driver. Yes, Mini Driver. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Who I haven't seen a lot of lately and sometimes takes really crappy roles, but I actually liked her in this movie. She's right. probably one of the better better roles, I thought. Yeah. Um, so basically, you sort of see how it's it's kind of uh, a story about a brother and sister's relationship and, and sort of the highs and lows that they go through as they meet different barriers to getting this resolved and just when you think it has been there's another thing that that comes up and in the meantime it sort of looks at the sister's relationship with her family she gets a divorce because of this just sort of how it how committed she was to taking care of this for her family and their their family story is sort of sorted as well they don't have much of a support system they really just had each other right so yep um I liked it. I didn't love it. I actually thought, you know, the the story is better than the movie. Right, right. Um, so, and like I told you, it felt like a Lifetime movie. It's like something you would see on... It felt more like a TV movie than an actual yeah. motion picture. The only reason it felt like a motion picture is because Hilary Swank and Sam, Sam Rockwell are in it. And maybe I, my expectations were too high mm-hmm. because Hilary Swank is already won two oscars and i just figured she's gonna knock this out of the park and yes. i mean she was very good in it absolutely and he was a mini driver and um juliet lewis is that yeah. her name yeah i i was actually really impressed she has a small role in the film but that that scene was compelling uh, yeah, yeah very compelling and uh so i liked it but it's not memorable and yeah yeah i would say wait for it to come out on video it's nothing uh it's not one of those ones that everybody's going to be buzzing about, obviously, since it's like a month later and we're talking about it. I don't even know that it's still in theaters. Uh-huh. but um, And the story is very, like I said, very compelling. So you want, you kind of want more meat out of it um, than I think what the actual movie was able to provide. But the story itself is very touching and 
lengthy and sort of a journey that I think these people took. I just don't think they did as well with the movie as they could have. Right. And I th- also think the reason we went in with such high expectations is because the trailer was so yeah. emotional. And then the movie was just kind of like a really long version of, of the, the trailer. trailer. Which yeah. I guess is what it's supposed to be. But Yeah, but if the, the, the trailer makes you cry... Right. But you see the movie and it doesn't, yeah. and there's a problem. Well, it made me cry, but... Well, that's what I'm saying. I cry when... Did you cry during the movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. Well. But I cry at, like, Hallmark commercials, so it's not, like, a feat to get me to cry. Well, the trailer touched me, too. Yeah. But the I'm movie... I'm just saying, like... Yeah. No, I understand. It's not, like, an accomplishment okay. to get me to cry. <laughs> All right. <laughs> As you well know. Yes, I do know. Um, so another movie that we checked out, oh, I'm sorry, to? I forgot that we do our ratings. It's just been so long since we did a podcast. I'm like Tony Kornheiser. I don't know what's supposed to happen next. Right. Um, so yeah, now we're going to give our ratings on imdb.com and I would give this a 6.2. I would give it a 6, 7.3. Okay. Well, you didn't say what you were going to give it. No, I said a 6. Oh, okay. Yeah. So can you scroll down a little bit? Cause I want to make sure that I talked about all the actors. Oh, yeah. Oh, Melissa Leo. She plays the uh, detective. I like her. She's like in a million movies this year. Where'd she come from? I don't know. Um. So, yeah. Uh, the next, well, not the next movie, but another movie that we checked out was Due Date, mm-hmm. which stars Zach Galifianakis and Robert Downey Jr. and Michelle Moynihan. Moynihan. Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx. Uh, oh, who is the guy that was in the Western Union office? He's oh, in a bunch uh, of movies. McBride. Danny, Danny McBride. McBride. Yeah. Um, but basically, uh, is I feel like I say is the story all the time. But it is a story of a business traveler who is away from his pregnant wife and is trying to get back to Los Angeles before the due date or the cesarean date of their child. And on the way encounters Zach Galifianakis's character, who is coming home from his or going to Los Angeles to pursue his dream of being an actor after his father has passed away. And the two characters are like night and day, um, have sort of an unfortunate encounter that gets them kicked off a plane and added to a no fly list. And so they have to venture cross country together to get back to their prospective endeavors. And along the way, hilarity ensues. Yes. So, I thought this was okay. It's like typical Zach Galifianakis, who I think is funny. Mm -hmm. Like, I think he's legitimate. But it's just like, all right, thank you. Yeah. And and here's the one thing I didn't get. There's a a point in the movie, because Robert Downey Jr.'s character is frustrated with with Zach Galifianakis' character through the whole movie, right? Like, he's threatening to kill him. He leaves him at one point in time. All these different things happen. But then at one point, there's a switch where he kind of embraces him. Right. And I don't understand how it happened. Like, there's nothing... There's not some event that happens that makes him more lovable or endearing. I, I didn't really get that sudden switch where he's all of a sudden okay with this weird dude. Uh, what I thought it was when, um, Zach Galifianakis saved him as far as something happens and he's held up. Yeah. There's no way he's going to get home. Zach kind of, cause I thought after that point like he more... said, I love you, which seemed forced to me. Right. Yeah. That's what was weird to me. It was like, he got him into that mess to begin with. Right. So I didn't, I didn't understand it, but anyway. Yeah, he was he was very low key in this movie. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Zach Galifianakis was funny. And yeah. there's a part where there's a bit of a dramatic part. Yes, where you go, you know. And we didn't see the um, is it Life as We No. What was the movie? Oh, it's a, kind of a short, kind of a funny, funny story. story. Yes, with Zach which I hear he had a more dramatic role in that movie. Yeah. So I'd like to see him in more dramatic roles because he's he's good. There's yeah. something. Um, he's pulling. He's digging on something out there. Right. He's, you can you can see that there's some drama that he's able to pull out and make use of. Right. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, there was a movie that came out during the I think it was the eighties called Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Yeah. With Steve uh, Martin and John Candy. Right. Which this is basically just an updated version of that. Yes. Less touching 
This one was, there's a lot of uh, dirty jokes and suggestive yeah. stuff. And and, and uh, Robert Downey Jr. is a lot meaner. And there's a point where he does something to Zach Galifianakis' dog. And yeah. you're like, it, Dude. you can't like this guy. No. At least with the Steve Martin character, it's like, you know, he's kind of crusty and he's set in his ways and whatever. Yeah. But... You've, you you liked him. Right. I didn't really like the Robert Downey Jr. character. There was nothing... Because usually, I think what, what movies try to do is show, like, hey, there's a reason why this guy's such a jackass. And right. they didn't really do a good job of, like, oh, it's an insecurity that he has. Or, oh, he actually has ten orphans that live at his house. Like, it's it didn't make sense. Right. And they, It just didn't make sense. Like They tried to go to extremes as far as the, the funny parts. Were. Right. And it w- didn't execute well. Not all of it. But the, right. the Danny McBride part was funny. <laughs> that was really funny. There were a couple. I mean, it wasn't awful. There no, were some no. funny parts in it. It just, it wasn't. I, it, I, I thought it meant to be or it wanted to be touching as well. Yeah. And that part didn't go didn't over execute. for me. Yeah. And I think it's another wait for it to come, come out to, on Netflix. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or Blockbuster, whatever you prefer. We're certainly not yeah, promoting. Blockbuster's 28 days earlier than Netflix, exactly. apparently. Even that's, though that's Netflix you, is awesome. That's when you know you're big. Exactly. When somebody else is like, we're better than them. Yep. Why are you even bringing them up? Exactly. It's just. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there would be. I used Blockbuster for a while. And I'll say this. Yes, they have new releases more quick. Okay. Let me just break this down. First off. You and I see so many movies that come out in the movie theater that I'm not, like, dying to see a new release when it comes on on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but I have so many movies in my queue that, like, it's kind of a surprise to get a, a new release every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but I use Blockbuster for a while, and their selection... First of all, Blockbuster has some censorship rules that Netflix doesn't have as far as what movies that they'll show and what movies they'll show unedited. So I'm generally opposed to that because I have certain philosophical beliefs about censorship. Two, they don't have as good of a selection as Netflix had. I did use Blockbuster's like mail program, and it was five years ago, so they may have improved on that. But um, I briefly switched because I got like three free months from them for some random thing, and it was not worth it. I switched back to Netflix. I so, thought they went out of business anyway. I, I think they claimed... Just the stores, not the... Well, they claimed... I thought they claimed some version of bankruptcy. You know, there's right. like two chapters or whatever. So mm-hmm. I don't know that, that means you go out of business. Yeah, I thought they were done. Yeah. Oh, well. I ha- couldn't tell you the last time I walked into a Blockbuster store. It was probably when I was in Michigan because up until a few years ago, my parents still used the Blockbuster in our small town where I grew up. Well, I've been with Netflix since 2002, so... Yeah, I think I've been there as long. Blockbuster charged me for a, a late fee, and which it wasn't late. Did they automatically take it off your debit card? They did that to me. I I thought it was like not there weren't late fees or something because they got rid of their late fee. I'm sorry, I totally interrupted. No, 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 no. But I'm just saying that when they did that, that was the last time I did, I went to Blockbuster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They automatically took it off my card, like. I guess they kept it on file or something. Uh-huh. So I was like, mm-mm, no, sir. And that's hmm. the last time I I use them as a one in Green Hills over here. Unacceptable. So down with Blockbuster, we say. That's right. I, by the way, I have a kind of funny story about that. So when I was in high school, I worked part-time at a video rental place in the town where I grew up. And they had maybe 10 or 11 stores like in our county. It was just a little independent chain that, a couple local businessmen had started and um the two guys who ran the business they were young like their their fathers actually bankrolled all of their endeavors and then they sort of managed them Mm -hmm. and they were in vegas one weekend they were probably mid-30s mid to late 30s (laughs) were in vegas one weekend and they got picked up by the taxi cab confession taxi and so like the taxi driver's asking them you know what do you guys do and so they're telling they're like telling their story and they're very very drunk which is funny right because i'm their employee and we knew they were party guys but it was just funny to see like the rest of the world get a glimpse of it but there's this part where they talk about blowing up blockbuster (laughs) like we're going worldwide man we're gonna blow up blockbuster which (laughs) now is like not funny to joke about but in 1997 it was pretty (laughs) damn funny so that's my little story so anyway back to due date I would give this a six-ish. Um, I'd give it a six as well. Okay. 
Let's see what our friends on IMDb say. Seven. Seven point oh. Hundred and seventy two reviews. Looks like Padma. No, I don't know who that is. Hmm. <laughs> Some unknown. She's a hottie. Yes, she is. Very curvaceous. All right. Um, so yeah. Uh so a couple days ago we decided to check out Fair Game, which is the movie rendition of the best-selling book Fair Game written by Valerie Plame Wilson who was a former CIA agent who um, during the I don't even know the investigation into whether or not Iraq was building <clears throat> WMDs or had can we talk about yellow cake in a minute because I just think it's funny sure um whether or not they were basically building a weapons program mm -hmm. um, during that process when uh, I think my personal opinion that the government was sort of trying to come up with a reason to invade Iraq. Um, so the CIA was helping them build that case. She was involved in that and had sort of gone in opposition of another person at the CIA who was saying, yes, they're building a program where she was not able to find evidence of that. And because of that and the unspokenness of her husband who wrote an editorial in the New York times um, was outed as a CIA agent in the newspaper and subsequently lost her job, sort of messed up her life a little bit. Right. It stars Naomi Watts, um, the ever-political Sean Penn. Mm -hmm. uh, who else was in it? Um, Sam Shepard. Sam Shepard. Some uh, random supporting characters. Yeah, they're guys that we've seen stuff. before. Like the guy that was in Truman, that played Truman's yep. best buddy. Yep. I can't remember his name. He also was in The Town. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll look it up in a minute and talk a little bit more intelligently about it. Mm -hmm. But I really like this movie. I thought it was very well done. Obviously, it's pushing an agenda because it's based on Valerie Plame's book where she's saying, I was outed by the White House, therefore I am very unhappy. They sort of, um, they sort of present the argument that the White House... The White House and and the the White House representative Scooter Libby, who was the assistant to the vice president at the time, was indicted on several counts of defamation of character, um, outing a CIA agent, agent, which is a felony, and he he was actually sentenced to thirty months plus two hundred fifty thousand. He didn't actually end up serving the sentence portion of it because he was his sentence was commuted by George Bush, but um, so there is some validity to what she's saying. He was he was tried in front of. A court and this was the conclusion that they came to but you can tell it's it's from her point of view the it, i don't know that they got i don't i don't know that the story would be different if they were telling it from another person's point of view so just kind of that caveat but i thought it was great i thought naomi watts did a good job i liked the way sean penn played the role you sort of believed him as kind of this guy who didn't like to be called a liar didn't like to have his reputation drug through the mud and ultimately hurt his family a little bit in trying to write what he he might have just another person might have just let go right but uh i didn't feel like it was pushing an agenda so much as it was a, a because i don't hear that much pushback from no, the opposite no. side saying this isn't how it happened which I would think that somebody from the you know the bush administration would have said something by right. now or said something about the book or about there being falsehoods or whatever, and I really right. haven't heard that much about that. There hasn't been much from um, what I've read. So I I didn't feel like it was pushing an, an agenda at like because what I compared it to was the Green, Green Zone, Zone. That's what I was going to say. Which was too. basically kind of this, had the same kind of premise where these guys are looking for WMD right. and they they don't find anything. Right, right. That was so politically charged and felt so much like in your face, like yes. you know. And like there was an agenda there. Right. Whereas I just felt like this one was telling, a, and because it's based on something that actually happened. The only thing I was saying is it's based on her book. So you're only right. getting well, yeah. her. Well, it's on side her book and then her husband's book because there were two, it was based on two books. But right. yeah, it's but just, it's, still it's there. their side. Yeah. But I guess what I'm saying is, is that I haven't heard anybody say that there's anything about there being lies in this. The only things that have been questioned are different representatives from the CIA who have talked about the work she was doing and they've sort of scaled and they, they kind of touch on it in the the movie, but not really. 
um, there were several representatives from the CIA that said, yeah, she was doing some covert ops, but it wasn't to the scale that her book or the movie says. So that's the only, I mean, there's going to be discrepancies whenever anyone's retelling something that happened to themselves. You always see it from your side, but I, I wasn't, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying, right. No, when you go into that, that it's from somebody's point of view. Exactly. Yeah. And they um, were, cons- they were paid and consulted on the movie Right. It's not like it was, you know, a fact-finding mission where they talked to everybody involved. I doubt Scooter Libby gave any input for the movie as all, you know, is what I'm saying. Okay. Well, and I mean, it's when you're dealing with the CIA, you don't know how much truth you're going to get anyway. Exactly. I think one of the things that I got from the movie is there's a, a part where they're sitting around the dinner table and they're talking politics. Mm-hmm. And she's not saying anything because right. she can't really. Right. And her her husband, who's combative, it's you know he if he has a point he wants to make it. Right, right. He can't keep his mouth shut. Um, uh, but I think it said says it said to me that you know when you're in situations like this where you're talking about with people about politics or your opinion or whatever, that's mm-hmm. all it really is because right. nobody really knows right. what's happening. Absolutely. You know what you've read, you know, in the New York Times or whatever. But you, I think you have to be humble when you, you make you have conversations about stuff Agreed. like that. Agreed. So, um, but yeah, I liked I enjoyed the movie. And yeah. I thought Naomi, Naomi Watts was very good in she it. She was good. I really like her as an actress. I think that she's just getting started. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think she's got a lot. She's looking good in those. Uh, she has some pants she on. She has a perfect ass. Yeah. Like, perfect ass. And I, I watched a movie with her in it. From a long time ago, Mulholland Drive, and she was remarkable looking then as well. Yeah. So. And she does a good American accent. Mm-hmm. Like, I think with Nicole Kidman, you can kind of tell sometimes, but with her, it's very believable. Yeah. The other thing I'll say is they did actually use, like, um, some of the testimony that she gives and some of the statements that were given were actually verbatim taken from transcripts of the the um, Senate hearings on this, as well as some of the newspaper articles that were written. So there's, they definitely, I don't think, obviously some of the scenes were dramatized, I'm sure, but you can tell that they definitely had a lot of facts to right. build this movie around. So I would recommend this. Go check it out. I would too. What would you uh, give it? I would it? give it an eight. That's what I was thinking. Was it what you were thinking? Mm-hmm. Oh, Really? Yes. Yeah, there was a movie out with uh, Cindy Crawford. I knew that. That was called Fair Game. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can see the cover of it. Cause she had on short shorts. Yeah, six point nine. So we're right on target. Okay, and can we talk about Sean Penn's belly in this movie? A little, was that a uh, real belly, or was it? Because it looked like very. It looked like they just kind of. He kind of stuck it on him. I don't know. You think it was a real pot belly? That's a good question. I mean, I like Sean Penn, and I'm certainly not making any observations. Well, actually, I'm making an observation. I'm not making any disgraceful remarks about his figure, but it was just odd. It was like it was like it, its own entity, <laughs> like starring Sean Penn and Sean Penn's beer belly. Yeah. So yeah, I would say check it out. You wanted to say something about yellow cake? Oh yeah. Uh, yellow cake only always makes me think of the Dave Chappelle sketch, right. <laughs> where they actually have real yellow cake and like yeah. aluminum foil. That's like, don't drop that shit. <laughs> and so it made me laugh when we watched the movie because it made me think of. And why did they have to call it yellow cake? Why are you gonna I, mess with cake? I don't know. Cake's delicious. It is delicious, but lethal too. Apparently. Exactly. So, so yeah. So, the other movie we checked out last week was Unstoppable, which is not a good name for this movie because it was indeed stoppable, but I digress, which stars Chris Pine, Denzel Washington, Rosario Dawson, that guy that was on... Um, the guy that's always scuzzy, but yeah. he wasn't... He but looked he was, scuzzy he in this movie, but he was... Yeah. He's very uptight. He was what, a good guy in this we'll movie. We'll have to look up his name when yeah. we're done with this. Um, the other doofus guy that plays a doofus and everything, he was on My Name is Earl. He's been in all those uh, Kevin Smith movies. Well, yes. he was in a lot of them. So, yes. yeah. Which apparently, oh, well, I'll talk to you about that offline later. But anyway, um, 
Unstoppable is also based on true events that actually happened in Ohio, but this particular story takes place in Pennsylvania. And it's about a train that accidentally um, gets, I don't want to say derailed because it's not derailed. Accidentally is... The the guy was... Um... It wasn't irresponsible. He was supposed to. It wasn't properly handled the day that it was supposed to go somewhere and get, basically get sent on a track and builds momentum. Yes, without an engineer and yeah. brakes and all kinds of right. stuff. Um, and basically, Chris Pine's character and Denzel Washington's character have to. They they are also on the track that day, and they have to figure out a way to. They they step up to the challenge of getting this train slowed down to where somebody can hop on it and get it back on track all right before it hits a, a highly populated area where there's a curve that could potentially cause this train that's carrying yellow cake apparently to <laughs> derail and blow up the entire city. Right. Um, very fast action pace, very tense <laughs> chewing on your popcorn, watching the movie, what's going to happen next. Um, and, like, some pretty good, like, funny, little funny break-the-tension spots. I thought Rosario Dawson did okay she, with her little yeah. conductor good. role. It's just very... It was, like, kind of like the Lifetime Television for Women action ver- action movie version. Like, you know, made-for-TV movie action movie. Um, and I was surprised, actually, to read, like, how dramatized it was. Because, you know, in the movie, they're like, the train's up to 79 miles an hour. Trains made in the U.S. don't go get up to that speed like pretty much ever. The fastest that train ever went was like 42 miles. So it was, I mean, it's kind of funny now like to think about this huge freight train going like 70 miles an hour because right. it's kind of ridiculous. But um, yeah, some of it was definitely a little cliche, I guess you could say. Yeah. Some of the dialogue and stuff. So I'd give it... Oh, you go ahead. I've been talking a lot. No, well, I think for a train movie, they did really well. Yeah. And I I don't think it's doing well at the theater, but it's a train movie. Even I kind of had to force myself. I like Denzel Washington a lot. I like Chris Pine, too. Yes. And so, but I wasn't really excited about it because it's a train movie. (laughs) So I was actually... Would you have something against trains? Not against trains, but trains in movies. Um, well, what's the problem? With runaway trains? trains, because it's only left and right. There's not you're not going through the streets of San Francisco, tearing around, jumping hills. What and if chasing it was people. a runaway trolley? It's still stupid. Ding ding yeah. ding ding. Anything on a track is you gotta. You're not going to keep my attention. <laughs> it's a beginning and end. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I think it's a very logical story that could go for years. Train from Chicago to San Francisco. Think about that. A runaway train? <laughs> a runaway train. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, um, but Denzel Washington and Chris Pine had a, a good chemistry on on the... On the uh, and uh, the director, his name is escaping me now, but he directed Man on Fire. He's directed... Uh, oh, yeah, I know who you're talking Is it Tony about. Scott? Is that no. so? No. Yes. Oh. Yes. Tony okay. Scott. But he's directed Denzel Washington on quite a few movies, and he, he really kept the pace up. So I was really surprised, actually. Yeah. I felt like it was, you said, lifetime action for women action movie. But I felt like it was a mo- big time blockbuster motion picture the way it was done. I just thought it was very by the book action formula. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'll agree with that. But which I guess like 90% of action movies are like that. But it was very like, oh, no, what's going to happen? Like, you know, everything's going to be fine. Like, whatever. But... I was expecting dead spots, and it pretty much keeps you on the edge yes. of your seat throughout. And the so. cool, I will say the cool thing about this was each of these characters kind of had their own like uh, side stuff going on, like with their families or jobs, whatever. Right. And they did a good job of filling where I think there could have been dead spots right. with their own personal dilemmas that they were having. Like the one dude was having trouble with his wife. The one guy was like getting ready to retire. So it was kind of cool that they... Yeah, they didn't linger on that stuff. You saw it, but then you got right. back to the action. It wasn't an, a distraction where it kind of pulled you out of you know the tension of the right. film. Right, and so. it was also endearing in that you sort of related to what they were going through. Right. And it is kind of like, one reason I didn't want to see it was because the way the trailer portrays it is like, there's a runaway train. On the same day that there's a field trip with a train full of a million kids. Yeah. On the same day that the train's full of 8,000 million pounds of explosives. But it's not really like that. Like, it's 
it's not like one of those and 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 things like they sort of figure out it's it's a little more of a puzzle than what the trailer I think leads to. I think the trailer did it a bit of disservice. Right. And even Denzel said it was lightly based on a true story. Yeah, yeah. So I I Inspired. just pretty much said this isn't based on anything. Right. Cuz like you said a train only goes so fast. Right. You you can only make a runaway train so exciting. <laughs> right. Exactly. You can basically run beside it and so <laughs> I didn't put much stock in that. But anyway, I really enjoyed it. Yes. Good action film, good popcorn film. Yes. Um, what would you give it? I'd give it a seven. I would give it an eight. Oh, would you? Mm-hmm. I like when it shows like the, the name and other languages. Languages, yeah. Hustler control. Because then I pictured. But what if it was like unstoppable in Germany? It was like you know Heinrich. <laughs> <laughs> Just some, you know, what? <laughs> and by the way, could Chris Pine have any more piercing of blue eyes? Could he have thicker he has eyebrows? Beautiful eyes. Yep. I did not want to have a crush on him, but unfortunately, now you do. I do. You pine for pine. I don't pine for him per se. I just find him attractive. Yeah, Tony Scott's the director. Oh, scroll down so we can look. Seven point three, by the way. Yeah, sorry. Mm-hmm. It's very ADD. So Ethan Supley is the doofus, right? The guy who causes the problem. Uh, Kevin space. Corrigan. That's Kevin the Kevin Corrigan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's funny. Yeah, and Kevin Dunn, who always kind of plays the douchebag, he's the. Uh, the boss yes. that was kind of going head to head with Rosario Dawson. Yes. Because he's thinking about saving money and saving right. the company. He's not so much worried about lives. Yeah. People schmeeble. Yeah. So, yeah, I would say check that one out. Yeah. If you can see it in the theater. Check it out. This is a dill pickle, a mighty pretty pickle, especially when he joins you at the show. We have lots of pretty pickles waiting for you at the refreshment center. They're plump, tender, mouth-watering. Wouldn't one taste good right now? So, um, in a few weeks, we're heading to Toronto. Me and good old Mr. William. And so, all this new TSA stuff with, like, the body scans and the pat-downs and the cavity searches have us a little bit... Actually, I'm not really worried about it. No. I was just trying to segue into this topic. <laughs> I'm going to keep this picture of Kevin Dunn up as we talk because <laughs> it's very uh, masculine, sexy. He has a big ass scar over his eyebrow. Yes, he's a tough guy. He is tough. He got in a knife fight. He did, and when he <laughs> when he was finished with the guy, he said, "You're done." He's like he uses his last name because he's cool like that. <laughs> You've been done. You've been done. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Done, bitch. That's awesome. We just had a whole Except conversation. Except he said it in his voice. out of the bedroom. <laughs> done. done. He just naked. started. He hey. just walks out buck naked yeah. and leaves. With a turtleneck. No, he's got a turtleneck. He's got a on dickie. a uh, dicky. Yeah. <laughs> he leaves his dicky. A thong out. and a dicky. Hey. And some black work socks. He knows what works for me. <laughs> Consider yourself done. done. Why does it have an I in parentheses after his name? Because he's, he's an inmate. I don't know. <laughs> Kevin Dunn. The first. Dunn. Maybe that's what he says when people like when he presents a mystery. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> that is a stupid picture. So, yeah, you need to post that to the Facebook page right. so people actually have some point of reference yeah. and don't get tired of us. <laughs> I'll put Kevin James up there. Confuse people. <laughs> anyway, the TSA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is, where, where were we going with I that? I don't know. That was your thing. Was it? Yeah. You How do you feel about this uh are you going to be at all worried no. when we go to... Because no. we're going across the border. Well, I am a little bit worried because I haven't flown internationally before. Right. 
And even though it's just Canada or whatever, you know, there's always a little... Anytime I fly, I'm a little bit like, you know, you sort of hold your breath a little bit because you just never know, you know? Yeah. And there's... And it's a serious thing. They're trying to keep bad people off our planes. So I don't want people to think I'm bad. I'm kind of... That's what bothers me. There's so many people who feel like their civil rights are being violated. Yeah. Which and and I agree that they may have gone overboard in some cases. Yes, I think they've been put on the back burner. I'm not I don't sure you think have they've to been sh- violated. Yeah, but I don't think you have to strip search a little boy. But at the same time, you should check that little boy. Exactly. I don't, just because they're kids, it doesn't. I mean, they're kids. You know, in Iraq and Afghanistan, are you know walking with bombs with, or grenades? And, yeah, AK-47 strapped to the back. It's right. always like that story that you hear vietnam vets tell like you couldn't trust anybody little right. kids would come up and put their hands out and they'd have a grenade in it you exactly know? so i'm not I'm certainly not suggesting that little kids are terrorists all i'm saying is everyone needs to be treated equally and i don't mind a little less privacy to ensure that i'm going to make it safely home to see to my, my family or right. so that you're going to come back after you go away on a trip if it's the difference between you getting your groin jiggled a little bit or not making it home i don't care if your groin gets jiggled a little bit right and it's and not I'll happening. even jiggle it <laughs> all right <laughs> it's not happening to everyone no. right it's just people that if you set off the detector right or if you refuse the detector which i think is part well of the if you too. refuse the body scan yes yeah, sorry sorry yeah. Yeah. yeah then you know but then you're saying okay they got to check you somehow exactly so. like and and I've seen the pictures of the body scanner thing. Yeah. It's not like they're up in your orifices. I mean, it looks like sort of globs. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's not. And again, I refer to the James Carville quote because I think it's the best of all time. Just measure my penis and let me get on the airplane. Thank you. Like, I guess I don't see where this is so terrible. And, you know, maybe eventually it'll get to a place where... Okay, they've pushed it too much, but right. what, like what? What? I guess all these people who are bitching about it, like, what's your alternative? You just want to be able to walk onto the plane. You don't want anybody to ask you any questions. You don't want to be touched. You don't want to be looked at. And that's another thing. If you saw a guy that was, you know, a stereotypical Arab, right, right. You know, he had a turban on, and you know, yeah. whatever, yeah, dark skinned guy with a beard, yeah. And you saw them doing that to him, you'd be like, "All yeah, right, exactly. Go exactly. ahead and do it." You wouldn't be screaming about his rights, exactly. So, and I don't, I don't even think that it stops there. I think anyone that isn't suspicious. sort of like the typical, yeah, exactly. Right. You know what I mean? You get a shifty guy with bo, they're gonna want people. You know what I mean? Nobody's going to throw have their hands up saying this is an injustice. Right. I don't really think it's an injustice. I think it's an order of protection, and I'm okay with yeah, that. Yeah, things are really bad right now. I mean, exactly. it wasn't a year ago that we had a guy flying, even though it was an international flight, flying over with a bomb in his Under- underwear, basically. Right, right. So uh, kind of, you know, be aware of that. Just yesterday, these guys in Portland arrested a guy, a 19-year-old Somali kid who's yep. planning on you know, blowing up a van, I think. Exactly. For some Christmas celebration. So you're not safe anywhere. No. And it's like they're catching things all the time. Exactly. That plane from Yemen. Um, so there was something else that just happened a couple of weeks ago. So I'm like, whatever you can do to keep me safe. Right. Right. I'm willing to give up a little bit as of long privacy. as it's, yeah. Yeah. As long as it's necessary. And to me, if you're that concerned about your privacy, get in your car and drive Drive. to wherever you need to go. You're not... Being on an airplane is not an entitlement. It's a luxury, in my opinion. It's not as... It's much more expensive to fly. Right. It's it's much more convenient, give or take. Right. But you're not... It's a privilege. It's not a right. Exactly. And I feel like everyone... I feel like... Not everyone, I'm being general. I feel like a lot of people have a sense of entitlement of how they're supposed to be treated. And I don't care where you're from or what you look like or who you are. You could be someone who doesn't have my best interest at heart. And I don't want you to be on a plane with you. You know what right. I mean? It's, yeah. it's frustrating. The only thing I will say in sort of critical... Uh, feedback to the TSA is, could you please do a better job at checking people's bags? You know how many times I have gone through security and accidentally 
I've had something in my bag. I've gotten through with lighters, scissors, bottles of... Do you want to be saying this right now? Yes, I do. You're going to be on the no-fly list. We won't be able to go anywhere together Well, you'll, go. you'll be able to go. I'll just together. meet you there. I'm just getting a boat. <laughs> but, okay, whatever. I'm just saying, maybe no, you cut right. out all the stuff that I said. But I'm just saying, like, I wish that they would look through bags a little bit better than what I they... I agree. They... Do. And th- that guy that says, uh, if you touch my junk, I'm going to have you arrested. That guy really annoys me. He's mm-hmm. a hero to most. But he, this is all talking about agendas. He did this on purpose. You don't leave your phone on exactly. through Who all does of that. that. Yeah. Who does that? So stop making this guy into a hero. He was trying to make a point. He right. probably never wanted to get on that plane in the first place. Exactly. Because he was going to like North Dakota. Who goes to North Dakota? <laughs> People who live in North Dakota. I guess. I was going to say, don't you have some North Dakotan heritage, mister? Well, I was born there. Okay, so you would be someone. How many times have I gone back? Exactly. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't know you much before this, mister. Yeah. You could have had a secret Valerie Plain life. Maybe. Mm-hmm. You'll never know. Yellow cake in North Dakota. That's right. Just saying. Hey. Oh. <laughs> All right. So, yep, that's uh, that's my take on it. So, anyway, I'm not really nervous about our upcoming trip. I feel like I need to do a bit more research to make sure that we'll get through customs and everything. But, um, but if they pat me down, they pat me down. <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't be the first. <laughs> I wish I could just be able to to choose who pats me down no not you i want her exactly if i'm gonna be uncomfortable you're gonna be uncomfortable exactly well and actually i don't know when all this changed but i flew not long after 9-11 and my um my flight had been canceled and so they moved me to a different airline and you know how your ticket gets flagged when you rebook like the same day or whatever on a different airline Mm -hmm. and they actually did like the it wasn't as extensive as the pat down now but like a woman ran her hand like between my breasts and under them and then like down my legs and on the inside. And I guess they did that for a while after 9-11, but then they got rid of it. Like they weren't as invasive with it because I had been patted down after that. But actually with you, when we went to San Francisco for the first time. Yeah, I got pulled that. aside. We both did because yeah. the same thing happened. Right, flight right, right. got canceled and right. we had to get on a new one. But um, so, I mean, a chick with like blue plastic gloves on running her hands between my tits isn't gonna yeah like shake my day up if anything it might be the best i get all day so yeah, i'll may, take it some guy you know Fondling jiggling your, my balls and, all right <laughs> i'll see you later <laughs> i left Anthony. something in my car let me go out i have to come back in i know but uh if you could just wait here maybe fresh pair of gloves right i'll see you in a minute <laughs> Just stick your finger in there. <laughs> I could have something up don't, there. Wait, don't. St- no, right there. Right oh, there. A little bit deeper. Oh, oh you almost got it. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Good day to you, sir. You're gross. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. That's what I got. All right. That's my thoughts. So I think we'll probably be back in a few weeks, right, before we leave? Yeah, we'll uh, have a Christmas special Christmas podcast. Ag- agreed. And we'll get wasted and just... On eggnog. Uh-huh. Do you like eggnog? I do. Do you really? Yeah. We should spike up some eggnog some point in time. Just get a big bowl of eggnog, <laughs> set it to the side. But get big-ass straws like uh, uh, that guy on um, that Plain movie, View. There Will Be Blood. Yeah, yeah. Daniel Plainview. Or WH Plainview, whatever his name was. I'm an oil man. I sent you that link. Did you, you did. See it? I watched it. Did you it was, it? Yes, very interesting. I drink your milkshake. <laughs> I drink it up. You love that. I do. So, um, yeah, we'll be back in a couple weeks. Yeah. Um, feel free to email us or give us a call. <laughs> Just kidding. But feel free to email <laughs> us at vagabondexchange at gmail.com. You can also check us out on Facebook at Vagabond Exchange. Um, and for those of you Canadians, if you want to send us some suggestions for Toronto, we would definitely appreciate those. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and anywhere else. If you look, anything you'd like us to see, read, go, do, whatever. We may not do it, but we'll read your email. Yeah. And Joe, if you're out there, yeah, drop Joe, us a line. We're a little bit sad and we miss you. Yeah. We hope you're okay. William's sorry for making fun of you. Now nah, he feels guilty. Not really. I just, but I would like to hear from you. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Hope you're doing okay. Maybe he's in Boston now. Maybe he's Boston, Boston Joe. Joe. Yeah. BJ. Okay, okay. All right. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Would you have some objection to a full body scanner? No. But but what I want is, let me pay for something, give me a a safe flyer card, and then, you know, go measure my penis and let me get on the airplane.